0: You it's mean great. the one that you look at the camera? I the saw a thing that like it makes it look yeah. like you're always um, looking directly into the camera. Yeah, can oh, you tell?
1: Look, it's on right now. Oh, do you have it on? <laughs> I have it no, on. Yeah, no, oh, oh. you just look down.
0: I have, I,
1: so, I'm not, so if I look down, like I'm not looking at the camera when it goes up. If you zoom in on me, you can ch- see the colors of my eyes change. It Winter just makes you look mildly <laughs> intoxicated. Yeah. Well, my eyes like. already don't open a lot, but when it, when it works, like it looks like my eyes are huge and then goes down, but it's That's hilarious. Crazy. All right,
2: let's go. It, bring up the crooked finger. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Black Hills Information Security. Talking about news in this particular edition, we're going to be talking about big tech layoffs and how they're on everyone's mind. And I'm going to talk about old person stuff from around 2000. I probably have some other people that can help me out with that. And then we have some, we have some other stories we're probably not going to get to. Uh, once we start talking about tech layoffs, we're probably going to be stuck on that for the whole show. Uh, but no, we've got other stories in here that we're going to try to talk about, but let's jump. Let's jump straight into it because uh, I think that sounds like fun. Have you guys noticed, I, I'm just kind of throwing this out there on Mastodon and Twitter. There is a lot of freaking out going on right now. A number of people have been laid off and, uh, and I kind of want to get your opinions on it. And I know a lot of you, uh, like I was around the dot-com bust of 2000. Um, I was in the recession is when we started Black Hills Information Security in 2008. We had COVID. So there's a lot of bad things that I've seen. And I, I want to talk about that and kind of some thought processes on things may be the same and things may be different. But I'd like to get you all's opinion on that first. Because I think we have Microsoft is at 18,000. Amazon's at 18,000. Can't remember how many thousands of people Google's laying off. Twelve. These, these aren't small organizations, right? These aren't small organizations that are hurting for money. They're just laying lots of people off. So, Let's go ahead and just, just anyone who wants to take it. I mean, we were all laughing about BSD Bandit's keyboards, and now it's just like a total crappy turd just got dropped in the middle of the conversation. But I think we need to talk about it and how we think it's going to impact the industry for the people that are listening, because that's what people want to know.
0: All right. I have two hot takes. So the first is like hot with Microsoft take. specifically... That Microsoft, they hired 40,000 people in 2021 and they just laid off like a little over 10 or whatever. Right. So it's yeah. like overall their trend line is still like, I think more than anything for Microsoft, it was like, ex- their, expect- their expected growth was way higher than, and then now they're like, oh, dial it back a little bit, guys. That's Microsoft. With Google, it seems like they're getting rid of some old, like they're not getting rid old of like current hires. Yeah. People that were yeah. there
1: at the beginning, yeah. exactly. I really, like, has anyone heard if like it affected Mandiant the Mandiant purchase at all? Like, I haven't heard anyone from Mandiant getting fired, but I honestly don't know. That that was my, the first thing that hit me.
0: Addressing Google specifically, like the the thing that was newsworthy that just seemed to me like I mean, I know I'm lucky to work for a company that isn't like this, but like. They were like, after 16 years at Google, I was laid off. I think the corporation might see me as a faceless name that needs to be axed from the budget. I was like, yes, that is how companies see you. Like, it took you 16 years (laughs) to realize that? There are so
1: many posts about that, of just people having no clue about just getting laid off. And I was pretty surprised. It's not a family. I think think as us growing up in the recession and type of stuff, right, and coming of age, I've never thought of a company as a family. Like, never thought... I've always like, thought of them as the uh, necessary enemy that I do business with <laughs> and that I could be let go at yeah. any time. Yeah, so I, agree. I, I agree. I'm always ready to pull that parachute and run away. <laughs> Wade, on that point, at BHIS,
2: uh, we do our Monday meetings, which I totally missed because I was teaching today. It was called the family of business meetings because of anti-siphon and active countermeasures and all the companies that make up BHIS. And Eric and I hate the idea of calling a company a family. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, families have some really horrific characteristics, right? Like if you <laughs> no, have an that's uncle that's just going to show up and just rip on people, like everyone just puts up with like, like crap. So we've actually changed it to tribe of businesses because a tribe will kick your ass out.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's good. So we, we try yeah. to
2: switch that around. I mean, I believe in helping as many people out as we possibly can, but no, the family thing always makes me uncomfortable. And I, I remember I was at Accenture um, during their first round of layoffs, which I'll talk about in 99 and 2000. And I remember the project manager for Denver, that area, like, was talking about how we're a family here at Anderson Consulting. And, and I'm thinking, like, we're a company of like 50 to 70,000 people. We are not a family. <laughs> and... Pain no, it's Italian families. It's, it's Italian. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I agree with that sentiment. I think that that's a good take. And I also think, you know, Corey, your hot take is, you know, if we're looking at the overall trend lines, they're yeah. up, right? So anybody else?
3: Yeah. yeah I, I, guess. Think
4: I think Somebody else go because I'm just angry.
2: Hey, Graebert, <laughs> Graebert <laughs> Ian, uh... you, you get to go last with me, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. As well. And Bronwyn, for
3: sure.
5: So All right. I went ahead and I was looking into it and seeing who is worried more than others. And it seems that those of us, because I was in the tech field during the 2000 bubble burst, I've been around through the recession. It seems people that weren't in it, that were in the boom times coming into the industry, are more concerned because they haven't gone through this before. Those of us that have, have sort of Wade's idea of... This is a means to an end. Where's the next thing? How can I make sure that I'm marketable for the next thing for when some when the other shoe drops? And that's something that does stick in the back of our mind. So I'm wondering if that isn't part of it. As far as the layoffs go, it the trend overall seems weird. The question is is I'm hearing about all these layoffs, but I I personally have not seen how much of it is actual programmers versus security versus, versus admin marketing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, yeah, what the actual breakdown is? So, what areas are actually being let go?
0: There was some yeah, big engineers never, that left at Google specifically. I don't know yeah. much about. Like, suppo- people on the internet were joking that like Microsoft hired forty thousand people to fix all the bugs in Windows eleven. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I know if that is true, but I, I think you need more than that. But yeah, um there was a home, that's a good. There question. Was an
1: interesting one out there about an SRE engineer who got fired while he like right before, right when he was handing off on call. And he still did his due diligence and like hit up the next line and was like, hey, uh, you guys have a problem over here, but uh, I just lost all accounts. So you guys are going to have to figure it out and then did it. That one was interesting. Um, Hmm. Another thing, do you think us as security people kind of take it differently than the overall market? Right. For me, I'm always expecting the worst. That's just like my thought, like. Expect the worst. Hope for the best. And that's expect what you're for the trained worst, and, right? and wired to right? do, right? exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. people get fired. Like that's gonna happen. Like, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't know. No, you tell me.
6: <laughs> no, that's that's how I feel too. I, I kind of always yeah. expect the worst. I've been, I came out of school in in 2007, and in the first 10 years, I got laid off three times, <sighs> and it is it's a horrible experience. I, I mean, part of one of them was company was going under. Another one was. You know, they were reducing across the board. Another one was a shift in leadership, and and, and things below that shifted as well. Um, never for anything bad, but there were big big companies, small companies. It didn't really matter, you know, if it was a big nameless organization. Um, but seeing some of the severance packages and stuff that have come out of these big tech layoffs, at least I would have killed for severances like that.
0: Right, the Google severance is basically like. Okay, you're going to be laid off in October, which is like, uh, wait, I have to work until October. Oh, no, I don't. Um, The other thing, like, yeah, but they they did like incentives if you actually do complete your work because they know that everyone's going to get the email and then be like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, skiing for six months or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, as a security (laughs) person, I'm like, I think everyone could use a severance package that lasts that long. Just recover from your burnout. Like, go and do something else for six months. (laughs) Take up basket weaving, whatever it is. Like, go do Mm -hmm. something else. Re re reevaluate. I think in October it's going to be a different world, and I think they'll have a decent shot at something. But
6: who knows? I'm I'm with Corey on this one though. There was a lot of expansion during the COVID time, and uh, you know they hired a crap ton of people. And then you know now since the markets changed, they're like, well, maybe we don't need everybody. So I, I don't know. I think it's like a lot of people got hired in tech. Like tech was booming. Okay. Um, you know, I keep hearing the words record profit, um, but, you know, we're losing some people in that, you know, sector because they're like, well, maybe it's not going to continue to grow. I don't know. Yeah. Right? People um, are
0: like tech betrayed us. We the shareholders <laughs> yeah. were betrayed by tech. It's just a normal <laughs> business now. We thought it was the goal. Which didn't this happen in 1999? Yes. Like, yes. What, Didn't Hasn't this it happened? happened? It's like over tech
3: has betrayed again. you.
2: Yeah. Tech. Yeah. It's it, it happened, happened before. T- yeah. Go ahead, Bronwyn.
3: Oh, it just it happens over and over again and when it when it comes to people's expectations about technology it's like they can they can be really critical and and skeptical about other areas of business but when it comes to technology realism goes out the window and they have these horribly unrealistic expectations and then are going to build go- an
0: app for okay. juicers and it's going to be
2: yeah <laughs> i want to give you I want to give you all two takes. Um, One take is going to make you feel better. And the next take is going to make you feel much, much, much worse. So uh, I'm one of the gray beards that was around 2099, whenever that went down. And um, when that went down, there was this kind of cascading effect that, that I think we might be seeing now. And I want to kind of describe it. So whenever I started working at Accenture in 2000, I was hired into government and financials. And Accenture was broken down, Anderson Consultant was broken down into multiple different groups. Um, and the two main groups were communications and high tech and government and financials. Communications and high tech was literally that it was the dot com companies, it was Silicon Valley, and money was everywhere, right? Like you would go to work on a, on a communication high tech contract. And they were giving Palm Pilots out to everybody and you would get personal notebook computers as a reward for just showing up to work two weeks straight on time. Um, We had contracts at Accenture where they finished the contract and they literally flew the entire team to like Acapulco for like a weekend and their spouses. The money that they were making was just unheard of, right? And I was first hired and I was in a room of like 20 people and everybody in that room went to communications and high tech and i was put into government and financials uh, mainly because i was a poli sci major and i knew nothing really about technology and they just didn't know what to do with me and that's where i went and when i said i was going into government and financials everyone looked at me like like i am sorry i am so sorry like during the break they were like you don't get paid as much like they got paid more than i did by about 30 to 40% you don't get bonuses you don't do all of this it's just you know, it really sucks to be in government financials. And I was actually kind of happy because I was looking at communications and high tech and basically thinking to myself, this is all garbage. Like everything that's going on with the amount of money that's going into it. People were talking about it as a, as a bubble, uh, like a year, like in 99, they were talking about the tech bubble. And when the bubble burst, and this is something that I think is really important for everyone to understand. This happened in 99, 2000 and this happened in 2008, and this happened in COVID, you get into this sort of, I don't want to say it's an echo chamber, but it gets into this this chain where big company A lays off a whole bunch of people. And big company B feels like they have to lay off people because their board of directors are pointing at company A and saying, big company A just laid off like 10,000 people. What are we doing? And all the people in charge in big company B are like, "Well, we're going to lay off people too. And then big company C looks at that and they're like, well, crap, big company A and big company B are doing this. Well, we need to lay off people. And you saw that in 2000 and it was, it was catastrophic. Like, If you think what we're going through now is bad, you have no idea what 2000 was like. It was absolutely catastrophic. I remember sitting in the main offices at Accenture And they were rolling in people in groups of 30, 40 and firing them in mass, just right out the door, fired, 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 fired. Here's your severance package. Here's this, here's that. Get out, turn in your computer, turn in your badge, you're done. And it was, it was horrific. I remember leaving the building in downtown Denver and there would be people like literally sitting on the streets crying and Mm -hmm. none of them knew why the hell they were fired. There was just a lot of, we are at 75% completion of this project and we were just laid off? Like, what the hell? And with that, I want you all to kind of understand that it was temporary. Okay, a lot of these firms like immediately turned around and work still needed to get done. So a lot of these executives who are morons and they have MBAs, They feel like because company A, B, C, and D are laying people off, that they need to lay people off as well to prove that they can lay people off. Because the board of directors and investors want to make sure that they have that fortitude that they can do that, and they literally have no problem gambling with your existence as a human being. And I remember HP, Bronwyn. I think we were talking about this at one conference. I remember HP laid off like ten thousand people, and they bought like three new Learjets at the exact same time. Their executives and those Lear jets were like way more expensive than keeping those people employed. So there's a tremendous amount of theater to all of this, where executives feel the need to lay lots of people off to prove that they can lay lots of people off, and then they'll eventually turn around and they'll hire all those people back. So yeah, I'm hoping yeah. that you all feel better. So that's my point one. Corey, you were going to say something. I was gonna
0: say what 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 was that supposed to be the good news?
5: Yeah.
3: It
2: yeah. literally is. It literally is the good news. <laughs> I Am I gonna like have I'm to go back? The That's back? the good news, everybody. No, is, <laughs> Am I gonna have, have to go news. work it in and out again? <laughs> is that is it's that where it's personal? They're doing it just to prove that they can do it and to show everybody else that they can do it. Because the stock market, like go watch Jim Cramer, go watch CNBC, mm-hmm. go watch these yep. shows. And every damn one of these shows are talking about, well, Google definitely had the ability to tighten up their belts, and so did Microsoft. And their stock prices effing go up because of it.
4: Absolutely. They literally burn people
2: just to prove that they can cut costs, and then they get rewarded for it.
0: That is The stock market is up today yeah so yeah the stock oh, market. Right. not oh my oh, god oh, that
1: uh,
2: got uh, paid. That got they paid. do not care <laughs> about you but like i said everything still needs to get done right. and i feel bad for chris because i had friends that got hit by the dot-com bust and they lost all of their retirement savings that they had in e-units or whatever like like stocks that a company was giving them they lost all of those then they got into housing and then they got burnt in eight, uh 2008 And a whole bunch of them now got into crypto and they got burnt by freaking crypto, right? Like there's a whole... It might be triggering people at this point. But the point is, this is very temporary for a lot of these firms. And then here's the good news part of this. This tends to be something that resonates in Silicon Valley type companies. Google's, the VC startups, the people that have investors. If you look at the rest of the universe they still have to do manufacturing. They still have to sell stuff. They still have to finish up ERPs. They still have to secure their stuff. And that comes to me in government and financials. All the people that I was in that room with when I joined at Accenture, every single one of them lost their jobs. Like shortly, within a month of being hired, I stayed because the work still needs to get done. The work is still out there. And if you look at Silicon Valley, like even in the pen testing community, I've got pen testers that I've talked to at BHIS that are like, I can go to work for a Silicon Valley company and I can be making $100,000 more a year. And that's no BS, folks. It is absolutely true. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Was true. (laughs) (laughs) That all has changed, right? Now, Mm -hmm. if you're riding that dragon, right? If you're chasing that dragon and you're trying to make as much money, you absolutely can go work at Silicon Valley. You can go for a lot of these firms. You can go for the biggest buck that you possibly can. And that is amazing. You do stuff for those companies. And there's a video of a lady showing Google headquarters and how amazing it is. It's literally like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right up to the point that you get sucked down a tube and like shot out the, the, you know, the garbage chute someplace yeah. like else. So. so that's the good news, yeah. right? This is being done just to show people that it can be done. They're just doing it like, don't you find it weird that all their numbers are really kind of in line with each other Mm -hmm. and the number of people that they're laying off? And they're going to come back and they're going to go through and they're going to hire people back. And I strongly encourage you, if you got burnt by this time, try to find a job in a stable company, right? Stay away from Silicon Valley. Stay away from those a-holes that are building Mm -hmm. on startups and VC funding. You get burnt there. You will make more money for the short term whenever it comes back around again, it absolutely burns you. And I'm, I apologize that I'm like co-opting all of this, but this is something that's been eating the hell out of me. So the other thing is the bad news. And this is what has been keeping me awake at night. There was testers that were like, why is John up at 4 a.m.? Here is the bad news. I feel like there is something different. I uh-huh. feel, and I want to get everyone's opinion on this. Mm -hmm. Amazon has built the vast majority of what Amazon needs to build to make money. Google has built the vast majority of what they need to make money. Microsoft has built the vast majority of what they need to make money. And the number of people that you need in a company to build something is about two to three times higher than the number of people that you need at a company to maintain something. And my fear is, and I, I, don't, I haven't seen any evidence of this because anytime you try to bet against the growth of tech, you're almost always <laughs> wrong, right? There's always something else that needs to be built. But I do have a concern that a lot of the development that's happening right now is basically how exactly do we build better emojis? Like seriously, Apple was like, we now support these emojis. And that was like what they talked about at yeah, one the of their big one. yearly releases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you're thinking about this, my concern is that for these companies, they have realized that they are no longer in a building phase. They are in a maintaining phase. And that does lead to layoffs. And that is the bad news that I would like to get everyone's opinion about. What about the metaverse? No. Uh, That's 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 a a different episode. That's a different episode. I think it's really we can come back to that. Let's come back to the metaverse and let's come back to Alexa because I think those are important. Mike.
5: Um, I do know because I'd been in um Alt Space, which Microsoft bought a few years ago when everything was going crazy with COVID and everything. They're shutting that completely down, beginning of March. They and from what I understand, they got rid of all their developers. For what that. is that so again? What is that's virtual reality space uh, meetings? CON actually had a room there, so you could actually walk, watch talks uh, in in person chat. It was like the metaverse before the metaverse, but Microsoft. Yeah. Okay, so, but, Microsoft, but nowadays, Microsoft. Yeah.
0: So, John, I, to to go back to or go ahead, Wade. So I don't. Know. I,
1: I was gonna. I was gonna say. I think. I I hope you're wrong, right? And I've argued with John on topics before. If you don't innovate, you're going to die. And I think these companies kind of know that. That if they don't keep creating something, the new next thing, they're going to die. Like if you look at the top five, like top hundred companies of a hundred years ago, they're nowhere near the top companies now. Even 20 years ago, you look at the top companies, stuff flops over and over again. If you're not constantly creating, you are going to go under. I I want to maybe that's what we're seeing. I want to peel on
2: that. And I don't want to disagree with Wade because I think he's absolutely right. I think that, but I also go back to, you look back at the top companies, even 50 to 25 years ago and how that's changed Mm -hmm. from now. The tendency for a lot of these organizations is to get stale. Um, On the inside of the hoodies that you get from Facebook, They basically have something to the effect of Facebook needs to find the Facebook killer before it comes and kills them, right? Like Zuckerberg, as much as we want to make fun of him, he is absolutely 100% correct. He knows that companies come and go. And his whole thing on the metaverse is about that. But at the exact same time, large organizations suck at innovation. They are horrible at it. And if you look Mm -hmm. at Amazon, Amazon created Alexa and that was part of their innovation and what they found out is people used it as a glorified clock radio. That's right? my favorite. So you timer. don't need the engineers. <laughs> the metaverse is an absolute freaking dumpster fire, right? Um, yeah. So I agree 110% with you, but I think that you're seeing a lot of large scale companies. They do not have the ability to innovate. <laughs> So I think so, that this is maybe the, this is the cycle. Maybe this is the washing, right? We take these to, yeah. large companies and chat GPT replaces Google and something else maybe will replace Amazon. And you have these things, right? I agree with your sentiment, but I think that what a lot of these companies are now gun shy of is anything that looks like innovation. They're like, well, look what happened in the metaverse. Look at what happened with Alexa. Look at what happened mm-hmm. um, with Microsoft and their, in their virtual reality space. There's now going to be a very big reticence in these companies to do that um, and to try to innovate.
0: So my, my take is that the board and the shareholders and all these people, they can't live with the fact that Google could be one-upped, right? That, that's like, they're going to be freaking out. Mm. Oh, you can't... You, this company's beating you at this. Like I'm sure every shareholder meeting, there's a whole section about Google getting questions about, how come chat GPT is better than you? What are you doing about that? you yep. need to be on that. So, I guess my like I think they're definitely still like Wade said they have to innovate or die, but the thing that scares me and this is kind of in the back of my head is like like with the current culture of startups, which is basically you do a startup, you get to your 100 million valuation, then you sell to Google, right? As long as we right. keep doing that, Google doesn't have to innovate. All they have to do is sit um, on a bunch of cash and they're just like, oh, how much of cash do you
2: think is Google and Microsoft realizing that that's a reality of the world today? Well, that that's what really scares me.
3: If, if you look at the, if you look at history on a broader scale, Romans, mm-hmm. they didn't innovate. What they did was they perfect what other people innovated. And that's part of the reason why the empire grew so large. So in a lot of ways, these large corporations are kind of like Rome. They don't have to innovate. All they have to do is buy the innovators and then pull it into their ecosystem. So that's part of the reason why. Why? amazon is diversifying i mean you've got them going into pharmaceuticals you got them into going into all of these different things but then again 100 years ago sears roebuck was mm-hmm. the all and end all
1: yeah, so barbarian that's yeah it basically on our walls I,
3: <laughs> all well all it takes
0: is one yeah it takes one company that says we're not going to sell whether it's chat gpt or whoever it is mm-hmm. it takes one company that says no, we are going to knock down the Roman Empire. Good luck. like that. Then the companies are totally screwed because if they can't keep buying innovation, it's too late. That is, so I think it is like the line that they play where I think companies like Google or other companies that have much more of a, uh appetite for innovation and the losses that are affiliated with innovation will probably keep, like John said, I think we'll get all that kind of influx again where it's like, Sometimes he's got to flush and, and get the new in. But I, I definitely think that's how Rome falls, right? Eventually, is they're like, okay, guys, we need some more tech to, we need some more tech to perfect. Anyone? Um,
2: and everyone's like, we're not going to sell to you. We oh, know what I you know. do. We've so seen, know. we EK Burger Picards, yeah, e. Berger, Picard's I think, asked a question, and I want to have it posted. He said, what kind of problems do we need innovations to solve? I look at CES and laugh at the crap they're trying to push.
0: Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. That's very you know, like, true. That's I'm solutionism, fine. right? Creating pr- solutions to problems that no one has. <laughs>
2: yeah, but yeah,
3: I mean, we, yeah, I we would go.
2: argue at CES yeah. for the past twenty years, it's all been garbage. Not three like D TV is going to be, cool. be
6: cool. Three D Three D phones.
1: I still have one.
6: <laughs> 3D you have, have a three D
1: phone? I didn't know there was three D phones. <laughs> yes, yeah, there was. You had to like squint your yeah. eyes. That
6: weird.
4: What were you going to say, Ian? Well, no. I was going to say there's so much topics that were covered, and I have just a lot of anger about this. Like <laughs> I could literally rant for a while, but but literally the the whole innovation. I agree with Wade, and I agree with all these points. But the, all you have to point to is IBM, and look at take mm-hmm. IBM through the 70s and the 80s as the the home PC revolution happened when they were the named. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be the phrase was nobody gets fired for buying IBM. Mm that you can go try this cheaper vendor, but if it doesn't work out, you're fired because you could have just bought IBM, right? Mm -hmm. Now look at them today. They're a patent farm. Just like what what Bronwyn has said about uh, Mm -hmm. the Romans. They they perfected those things. They'll go through, they'll take researchers and say, hey, I I see you're working on a quantum thing. Want to come build it with us? We'll give you the money and then we own the patent, but we'll give you the money and then we can sell it. And, And that's literally where I think the Microsofts and the Amazons, at least in their technology areas, of amazon are going they, they they don't care that they're innovating or not because they know in the end there's precedent for this they could be an ibm google i think is specifically going to go this way because there is going to be a point where there isn't enough interns coming up with the next gmail <laughs> <and> nothing <laughs> impressive like nothing somebody's going to be able to i mean
0: here. but at the same time there's a lot of personal pc companies that are dead and IBM's still a behemoth so like i,
1: no, I don't right. know <laughs> absolutely
4: lenovo's a behemoth yeah. they, they sold, sold
1: no- i was no- about no- to no- say no- there's like three lenovo's in my house right now there's I, not one IBM. i got a
0: couple
6: i got a couple sitting right over here
1: <laughs> i also think <laughs> I,
0: ibm has uniquely done a good job of monetizing some stuff that no one else can manage to monetize like ai they're actually like Selling AI not to right. hospitals, like AI. Hospitals are like we can't even afford ibuprofen because it's eight hundred dollars, but we'll buy this AI. So I <laughs> right, mean, right. definitely like they tell
4: us how to spend
0: guys, their money on the the AI stuff. will tell you you
1: don't have a headache, you don't have. <laughs> it's that. not just for
0: pancakes recipes <laughs> yeah. and timers. It's actually like they've made it into business cases. But can you know, my dog I, eat that?
3: I do <laughs> want to say
4: the one angry, the one so angry, so angry thing bad. that I really want to say. About. What would you say, Bronwyn? IBM is
3: yeah. still doing big art, and that's totally different. I yeah. mean, well, sort is, of, Well, I mean, they're still selling they're,
4: AS four hundreds, but when did those true. come out?
3: But but there, a lot of their focus is on mainframes. It's on things that are supporting the big data engine, that are supporting the AI and and this massive computational stuff that all of the cloud services require. That's a very yeah. different market than finding the next small widget that's going to be the front end. To the big iron data in the back.
2: And, and I agree. And, and, I, and I think, honestly, if we're talking about IBM, IBM is not the same company it was in 99, 95, no. 96, 97. They just aren't. No. But, um, I mean, look I at, look the at Apple, though. That same example. Yeah,
4: true. ETH that drove me yeah, nuts that actually thing. got me really, really mad when I saw these layoffs coming out last Friday was the leadership. We are so, so tied to these short term perspectives like it was said at the top of yeah. this all these companies had the cash to keep oh, these people around and i'm not like saying that they should. yeah i'm not saying that they necessarily should have maybe there was good reasons to do this but they had the cash to keep these people around and it's a short-term concept and then something else that john said about oh you know these other companies do it there's an mba phrase that gets said all the time and i've heard it from so many leaders and i know immediately that they've, they've got an mba they'll go what is our competition doing Yep. And the question when they ask that is they're like, can we do it too? Because if they cut 12,000 people, we mm-hmm. can cut 10,000, even if we don't need to. And we can get that quick return because we're not the only bad guy out there
2: doing oh, it. And, and that everybody. quick return isn't based on anything that they're producing. The quick return is based on their stock oh.
4: value. Yep. Exactly. Shareholders.
2: Exactly. I I, I, that's personally, not I, I, I just want to, I want to call out Microsoft because out of all the companies that I've ever seen, um, what was that quote? They're the only company I see that goes from failure to failure without loss of like momentum and, and exuberance. Right? It's like <laughs> here's the Zune, it's a failure. Here's the Kin, yeah. it failed. Windows <laughs> ME, total garbage. Windows Seven, oh, yeah. no one likes to talk about that. Microsoft Bob. Eh, Bill Gates got a wife out of that one. I mean, they just they just keep swinging for the fences. And cool, though. they're
6: getting (laughs) getting
0: wrecked right now in the news uh, because they had the night before they announced the layoffs they had a big fancy concert for executives to go rub elbows and and do whatever they do so like it's just like it's like maroon
2: five they seem like such a maroon no it was
0: sting it was sting Uh, but where was it was it it was was in billionaire
2: land wasn't it It davos Davos.
5: oh that's right See, yeah. and, that's, yeah. and I
2: think that's the shit that, that drives me insane. And I think it's the same thing yeah. that makes Ian enraged is you see yeah, no. these companies and they're spending so much money on the executives and it's just, you keep coming back to, it, it's like, well, you know, we just bought a couple of Learjets, but we, we, we laid off 10,000 people. You know, we had to tighten our budget. Um, and sting yeah. don't come cheap y'all. <laughs> it's <laughs> anything, <laughs> you know
3: what I mean it.
2: the
4: real thing that drove me nuts: the Google employees at four something in the morning got an email. By the way, those Google employees, by the time they woke up, their access was already disabled. And oh. many of them, the only way they found out that they had been fired was by going to their office and badging, and in. badging in. And if it was red, they were directed in another direction. And you had a bunch of sycophant morons jumping in saying, well, they got an email. What, they're supposed to check their email at
1: 4 a.m. to find out walk- if a big So, so right. wait, from a, this is a, from a, a, a sc- good thing. From, from a security thing. perspective, right? That, no. That was no. pretty impressive that they are able to do oh. that to that many employees. No, it's not, dude.
0: I can lock out an entire domain in like four minutes. Um, you but you no. can, but not successfully <laughs> without locking no, everybody so, out, right? This is a good thing, Ian, and here's why. It oh, proves, wow. for once and for all, let's get rid of the whole like, No, most companies are terrible, but Google is different. Like, let's just no, (laughs) let's get rid of that. Companies (laughs) are faceless graphs of shareholder prices. Like, we don't we we can just get rid of that whole thing of like. Well, here at Google, things are different. It's like really (laughs) look at this. Look Look at this pile of garbage you have what over you, here. Oh, we, well, no, candy those are, we don't talk about that. No, come over here. You're a Googler. You can get free haircuts on site, free shower I don't care. You're going to lay me off at four or in the morning, you know not tell me what, what's, uh, what's going on. Slogan? Let's,
1: do you know what their slogan yeah, is? Yeah, what's the new Google slogan? What's the new Google slogan?
0: Oh. Uh, don't check what's your what's email. Slogan? I don't know. <laughs> once they, <laughs> they got rid evil. of Don't Be
1: Evil, and went down it went downhill. Once they got rid of it. Don't check your email. That's the new
6: slogan. Or, Chris, do you want to say something? Go ahead, Chris. The manner in which organizations lay people off is not unique to technology whatsoever. I'll I'll tell another quick story from from my own experience. I had an internship in college with a vinyl manufacturing company. I just built them a website, e-commerce, nothing fancy to it. They offered me a job. I said, I'm going to do something else after I graduate. Three months later, they shut down the plant. And they did so by waiting until all of the night shift workers left the gate And then they locked the gate. And when the day shift, people were about to walk in, they said, nope, we're shut down. No warning, no nothing, no severance. The company just closed its doors. And a few weeks later, they declared bankruptcy and shut down. Nobody knew what it was going to happen. And it was was an impact to the community and and to that area. But it's not unique how companies will just lock the gate and then wait for you to show up to find out. One company where I was laid off from, I I was in touch personally with a small organization. I was hearing people getting laid off. Like this is sub twenty five person company, so people were on text chains. I just got let go. I just got let go. I happened to have a, a personal matter that I had to uh, go deal with, and uh, I wasn't coming into the office till about eleven thirty, and I knew I was going to be cut. So I was they waited till I showed up at eleven thirty, immediately pulled me in a room and they said all access is gone. The moment I walked in the door, they pressed the button, access was cut off and gone. So this is by no means unique to our industry, but it, it does show mm-hmm. that these larger companies and even smaller ones, they're gonna do what they think's best for them.
0: Well nothing and, else. and, and, and well, you do the same. I wanna I wanna everyone kind of do the that- same. Yeah,
2: yeah. I want to kind of. I think that this can be. I think that there's a larger lesson to learn in the security community, right? You know, we have people all the time that are like, executives just don't get it on computer security. Um, They don't take us seriously. They don't look at security risks the way that they need to. They don't put enough investment and funding into it. You're not special, Snowflake. It's not because you're in security. It's not because they don't like you. It's not because you wear jeans and black t-shirts and have stickers that say, you know, I read your mom's email. That's literally the way that they look at absolutely everything. Everything is expendable. The only thing that matters, and Ian mentioned this, is the short-term stock value. That's it. If it doesn't help the short-term stock value, then they're not interested. Um, it's it's very rare that you have a company that is like we are going to invest long-term. And that's once again going back to you know Facebook as much as Meta is a train wreck and Zuckerberg is a train wreck. I think it's interesting how he literally tells investors, he's like, I'm not doing what is in your best interest for the short term. I'm doing what I want to do. And Elon Musk is kind of similar, once again, a total complete dirtbag, but it's rare for companies to run that are listed on the stock exchange that are actually taking care of their people, that are actually looking at long-term growth and how they can sustain and how they can do these things and aren't inviting Sting to Davos and then. Firing 10,000 people the next day. Yeah. You know, it's, so, it's, it's just really, really frustrating. But that's the system we have with, you know, the stock market and the way stuff works. And it's not because you're security. It's once again, it's not because you're a nerd. It's just because they don't freaking care.
4: Well, even, even the stuff that Chris said, and this is the thing that finally got me. And I, I'm not going to be angry anymore about this. I'm going to say this, though. You do not fire people by email. Period. Uh, I am I'm such a huge believer that if you are going to go and ruin somebody's life, whether you're the frontline manager, whether you're the person who's there, whether you're the, the board that does this, you need to have a personal stake in this. You need to have the spine to look at them in the eye and say, I'm sorry, this is what's happening. Because that on the times that's happened and I've been on the other side of that, and the HR managers are basically crying because they've had to sit and fire like 200 people in a row like that. I remember them going, this is a bad situation, but you at least looked me in the eye, let me know what was going on, et cetera.
2: I I, I, I agree with that, Ian, but I also kind of disagree with it, right? And the reason why I kind of disagree with it is I feel like a lot of times those HR managers, I feel really horrible for them because the actual executives or the management usually isn't the one doing it. They let HR handle it. And yeah. I remember sitting and watching, and it was in the back of the room when 20, 30 people were fired in mass and the mm-hmm. anger and that person, that HR person who had nothing to do with the decision was receiving all of that hatred. And that really bothered me. You know, that, that, so, that's something that I think stuck with me and it still sticks with me. We're not in
4: disagreement because in my no, no, mind, we're not, we're not. We're not. That. Is that HR person's there? but you damn skippy an officer of the company better be in that room to answer questions at
2: that point,
5: 110%.
4: So I I don't disagree
5: with you, Ian, but I have one question for you, and this is coming from a security type aspect. You get Uh, the 1200, you get the 12,000 people into a room via video conference or what have not, because part of that is these lower levels managers and their directors and this whole division thing coming off who is going to actually escort twelve thousand people or even in the case of 1200 people off the campus to their desk to pick up their wow. stuff and off campus that gets the logistics mm, and there is a yeah it, it, that's yeah. that not that i agree with the way that they're doing it but i can see that becoming a problem and that being part of the reason why they do and it in a certain me- way
4: if you told me that there was a cam- and, and really there are only a couple like Google, Apple and maybe a couple others where you might have 12,000 people on a campus that you're firing and not shutting down the whole campus. And in that regard, yeah, no, there's going to have to be other. I'm not saying that it's 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 a, a panacea to say you don't fire people by email, but you could go through and say, hey, this morning we're in, in one of those huge campuses. We're all going into the auditorium that holds all of us because only those companies have those kind of things. And you're sitting down, and there's an executive, and we're gonna tell you what's going on, and we're gonna do it one to many, or if you're remote, we're gonna do it over a live stream and then at that point it's it's how that leader behaves if you're as was said in the chat, fake crying into a thing about how hard it hard hard it was to do, or if you're being sincere about the realities of the business and and just like the whole pornography thing, I'll know it when I see it. all of us know when someone is sincere versus when they're not, when they're just so, being at, I guess
6: that, like comes we, to, that comes to like the, the root of the mass layoff, right? The word mass, yeah. right? Is you can solve the problem by how do you escort 12,000 people to their desk to get their stuff by simply not firing 12,000 people at one time.
4: Sure. So
6: is it a question of, we need to actually cut 12,000 people in mass right now because we have a budget problem to save the company? Or is it we're cutting this many people because we're afraid when two hundred of them start getting the word out to everybody that everybody's gonna start pulling stuff from our well, systems so like, statements
0: it shows yeah. it shows how little they care is what it shows because. This is a problem that can be solved by people like Ian that can think this through, and any of us can workshop it. But they don't care. They think so little of their employees' future preferences, and they're like, they don't realize they're burning the bridge. They just say, "Nope, got to ask twelve thousand people." All right, uh, cat star sort randomly. Uh, there you go, done. Um, so I think it shows how little they care that they don't want to try to solve the problem of how to fire them without burning the bridge of and what what big tech doesn't realize is they just signed they just burned the bridge behind them and there's a lot of people that are developers for these companies or other security people that are going to leave and are not going to want to come back to big tech and are going to say if I'm coming back to big tech you're going to have to write a big check because i want to work for a company that cares about me as a human being or at least can pretend like they do well, versus being you- mass laid off at
2: 4am But here's the other problem with the mass layoffs, and this sucks because I've been in the room when these conversations have happened. Whenever you're in big tech and you get laid off, once again, this is not what people want to hear right now. There is an assumption that there was a stacked ranking. And they went through and they basically stacked all of their people. And they said, these are the most important people. These are the Midland people. And then this lower 10%, these are the people that we can get rid of and there's always an assumption whenever you're talking about resumes or people that were part of these mass layoffs there's there's like a scarlet letter that follows them where you were laid off in this google layoff so therefore you clearly weren't that important to google like somebody already evaluated you and they found that you were the bottom 25% you were the bottom 10% you were the bottom 5% so why would i want to hire you And that is like, that's one of the things where Chris was talking about. How about we don't lay off people in 12,000, 10,000 batches? Because I, I, I have seen people that have been working for these companies. They work really, really, really hard for these companies. They get laid off like this and they can't get another job in a large company because it's forever tied to them that they were laid off. And the assumption is Google, Microsoft, and Amazon made a determination, did a stacked analysis and found this person to be on the bottom of the barrel. And that's and that not that fair. Bothers.
0: It's not true. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, yeah, that's
2: not true. Not, it's not fair, and Sometimes, it's not true.
3: How many times it's left in, last out? Or last in, first out? Be, I mean, if you're the hired.
2: But no, I've been in the room with executives, and they're like, well, mm. yeah, they're risky. Um, they were laid out. They were, what is it? Uh, what was the name of that company? It was Webvan. Uh, They were a web van employee and that coal company went down in flames. They probably were responsible for that. Like I've seen this. And what I can't get my head around is you see like these line techs who get burnt this way. And I have seen people that literally had to leave the IT industry completely and go into selling cars or something like that because they can't get back to the industry. And the executives that started those companies burnt those companies or ran those divisions and burnt those divisions end up getting hired again at another company. Oh, yeah. A CEO can put on their resume.
0: Yeah. I I laid off 12,000 people. I'm great. Hire me. I'm great. I'm your guy. But you know
2: what some executives see when they see that? Well, that's Bill. He's one as of the, the people assignment. that's willing to make the oh, hard yeah.
0: call if it's it, needed. Exactly. Yeah. I think yeah. the other thing is sure. just crazy is like, if the company knew you were worthless, you, they would not wait to massly lay you off. They would have laid you off already. Like That yeah. isn't a thing. They're not like, oh, well, we have to lay people possible. off. Let's go find all the useless employees. No, they're doing that constantly. They cut the chaff as they go.
3: And, well, it's, and I, it's
6: kind of that same stigma with the security side of it, of when you have people saying, don't hire people that came from, breached companies because God, they have So pisses right. me off. Yeah. Like that's if you don't so hire dumb, people man. that that's have breach so experience, nobody could have experience. Right.
2: Well, and, and okay, so, so let's look at companies like target. Let's look at companies like Equifax. Let's look at LastPass. whatever, you know, a lot of those people, I remember Jake and I, uh, Jake Williams and I, we were doing a panel discussion and that came up and it's like that person that was on that IR for target. You want that person. That person oh, yeah. has experienced something that very few people have ever experienced. Yeah. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But once again, it oftentimes becomes a stigma. Um, I remember after the Target thing, uh, Mike Poore, myself, and I can't remember who else. I don't think Ed Scotus was there. But we took out a huge number of the uh, Target security team. It was out at a conference in, in DC. And we took them out to dinner. And like, it was a very hard dinner, right? Because they knew that they needed to somehow get away from Target. They knew that they had to find other jobs and they were having a really hard time of it because literally people were saying, I'm sorry, I don't think I can hire justified a management hiring someone that worked security at a company that failed. And you know what? It wasn't their fault. Like they had the exact same problems every other company has management, not wanting to invest, not wanting to do the right thing in computer security, fighting with administrators who don't want to patch and update things, not having proper, like offshoring uh, alert detection. And it was a it was a very weird. It's very strange to be at a Korean barbecue with large like large speakers blasting K-pop, and you're in a back room with a whole bunch of people that are crying. Um, and it's just like I said, this whole entire thing just sucks, and it really really bothers me. And I wish I could hire all of them, but I can't.
6: We'll rename this "Stories of Inspiration" by John Strahan. <laughs>
0: sorry,
2: yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah.
0: I am so Can we sorry. Talk about- Can someone play K pop so our audience can cry to John's uh,
2: musings? (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I swear, if you played K pop right now, I probably would cry. I just, (laughs) I don't know. It it just makes me mad because as an owner of a company, I know what it's like to be afraid. I know what it's like to look at the future and be like, like right now, EHIS, we're totally looking at what's going on and we're like, is this, is this, is this, is this going to, is this going to hit us? Um, Inbound sales call volume is good. You know, there's, you know, it's Q1, which is always interesting, but. You always worry about this, but that just the fact that there's groups of people that just unilaterally fire people to prove to the stockholders, the board of directors that they can do it, and they ruin that many lives in mass. I just, I just don't know how the hell they sleep at night. I just so wait, did I it.
0: miss the invite for to Davos? Because I, uh, <laughs> did, or was that for was that for like senior <laughs> testers? I, I yeah. texted you, yeah. you. You didn't get Same it. Your oh, yeah. Senior, senior. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't John, get it. You know, John must have gone on his own and just hung out with Sting.
2: Yeah, the, it was a good time. just
4: said, the hypocrisy that killed me about all that is the same people that are like, oh, well, we got to make the tough calls. We'll be the same people on investor calls complain. Well, these people, they're just quiet quitting on us, and they're just yeah, showing up yeah. and doing pulling <laughs> Pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Yeah, you destroy the the trust of the labor force over, yeah. you know, Quarters and quarters and de- decades, and, and, and now you're getting this result. It's shocking, why aren't really. they giving us two weeks? I don't understand, right?
6: Like- yeah, <laughs> it should be the opposite.
0: It should be we, we got to flip it to the opposite. The executives who caused these should have their scarlet letter, and the employees who are caught up in it should have the golden letter. That's just as simple as it is.
2: I, like, I can't remember the executive, but and I'm not going to call him out, um, but I remember. Eric and I, we were talking about one of the companies we did a test for and they entered into bankruptcy and it was like, we still get packets like this from lawyers because the company owes us money, not like a lot of money. I think it was like a $15,000 contract. We're never going to get paid, but this is like six years ago and we still get lawyer things and it's just constant, right? And we were like, what is the deal with the CEO that did this? Because that company still exists and um, they now have new management but i was talking with them because they came back and they wanted to hire bhis again and they were like look you know things are tough but we got brand new management and all of this but i found out when talking to the team that the guy that was the ceo had like this just this disastrous track record of company after company after company that failed financially in almost the exact same way like it was just again and again and again and now he's still at another company, right? With like a compensation package of like five point two million a year. And I'm just like, what in the hell? Like, it's scamming. Oh, it's happen? scamming. It's scamming. It's the same thing
0: of like, how are credit cards still getting stolen after all these years? Like there are scammers <laughs> that come up with the most elaborate things. They're like, No, see, this one's different. See your credit card at a gas station, it actually reads it from the dollar bill somehow because your fingerprint mm. like It's a it's a scammer. It's just a CEO level scammer. That's all it is. But I I think it's like a
2: club, and once you're (laughs) in, you're a G, right? Like, oh well, he he was a CEO of another company. How did that company do?
4: I don't know. Everyone did see that the CEO of the Fire Festival got out of prison, and is starting a new music festival.
1: (laughs) I did not see that. Why is that that in the news?
4: Absolutely true. It's like like, pirate pirate. So like anyway, John,
0: where do we get our tickets? Because I assume the whole company's going, right? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't understand this. I i just don't get it. Like I and Where can I invest?
0: Uh, like, oh, it goes back to like when it's like the whole breach memory thing. Like, you know, oh, they got breached. All right, tomorrow. Let me just type my credit card into this website. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure they fixed it like yeah. the
2: Elizabeth next Holmes day we're already using CEO. I think the Elizabeth Holmes thing is probably, it probably explains it more than just about anything because I've yeah. sat and I've had dinners with people that, that consistently fail um, and they have, you know, MDAs from very prestigious schools and oh my God, the confidence that these people have is it, it, you can, it's like literally you can scrape it off the wall when they're in, you know, they, you know, I don't know if you saw the glass onion Edward Norton's character where he's like, we're all a bunch of disruptors. They literally have that kind of energy. Like They're they're wise. They know what they're doing. They're absolutely confident in everything. We had one guy that I worked with. I'm not going to say where, but he had failed at every single management position that he was put in and this organization just consistently every single time. But anytime you had a meeting with him, you were just like, This guy's a genius. This is amazing. Like he's so confident in everything, but he was wrong in absolutely (laughs) everything. But he was so (laughs) confident, and I think that that's probably the the the, you know Elizabeth Holmes thing. Well, she seems like she knows what she's talking about. She couldn't just be
0: lying to our faces. Who would do that? Yeah, and a lot of that uh... isn't just
2: lying. It's lying in such a way that it's telling you something that you want to believe. Right. Yeah, it's social engineering. Not to go it's, too it's political pure simple social it's, 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 it's
5: engineering. George yeah, Santos. Is. That's
1: our good, what name. What's it, the Congressman who oh, go yeah. What I love
2: about him, what I love about him is he transcends politics. Like now oh. Republicans <laughs> and Democrats are like, that guy's a turd. Like everyone hates him. But once again, um, it's that Frank Abigail thing. It's I don't know who kept saying social engineering. I think they yeah. nailed it. These guys are great social engineers. Um, they just do it again and again and again. Well, John it is, I think... it... Yeah, it's great.
6: All right, go
1: man.
2: ahead. No, I was just saying yeah. I was just...
6: Yeah, well I think the the motivation is different when you say you got executives, that they'll they'll do a terrible job and they'll go to another company and they'll do a terrible job. Like their their career and even down to their salary negotiations, everything for compensation is totally different from people who are doing the low-level work. Right. Yeah. For for a lot of executives, their motivation is I have a I have an employment contract for three to five years. If I make it to three years, right, cutting costs, I get you know twenty million dollars of a bonus or something ridiculous. I've never seen an executive contract. I, so I don't know, but m- my salary year over year as a low level person hoping to get a bonus at the end of the year or something is a completely different way of going about things, right? My job yeah. is to stay at a company and have returning revenue, returning income over and over. There's yes. thing, it's a three to five goal. And move yes, on. it
2: is. Yes, it is. Chris. No, I'm joking. God, I'm, I shouldn't be messing with them. This is a, I shouldn't be messing with anybody. Um, yeah, but but I see the same bullshit. Now. I see the same bullshit in the infosec thought leader space. And I'm just going to, Like say it right because I know a lot of people like I'm not a thought leader. I'm kind of at a phase where I probably am in that category. But there's a lot of conferences that I go to, and I'll be sitting around talking with the other people that are presenting, and uh, they'll they'll bring up like compensation for presenting at these cons. And I'm sitting at the corner, and they're all like, "Yeah, well, you know, my minimum is ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars." There's one guy, and he was like, "I if I'm in a keynote, it's twenty five thousand dollars for me to keynote." And then they get to me and I'm like, I just asked them to buy me a plane ticket and a hotel room. <laughs> like, am I doing this?
5: Now? You're, you're yeah. the meme. You're <laughs> a living incarnation <laughs> all of the meme.
2: Y'all getting paid? It's like I farted at the table <laughs> and they're like, oh,
1: that guy. Um, <laughs> and- I think that shows that, but it shows the whole sucking of capitalism, right? That. You're there for the community, less for yeah. the clout even and the, the money, right? Even the but- sucking
2: at capitalism thing, Wade, you know, I don't think I don't think the people understand just how paranoid we are at Black Hills Information, specifically Erica and myself, because we talk about that. We have shirts that say that. And like the people that are on this call that are BHIS employees, they know how much money is in the BHIS checking account. Like that's something we share with everybody. And we, we constantly have this fear that BHIS is going to like F up, right? Like something weird's going to happen, like, you know, whatever. And then a whole generation of people will be like, well, look at BHIS. They proudly sucked at capitalism and looked at, look at how well it worked for them, you know? And we, we don't want to be that cautionary tale. Like we really, really, really don't. Yeah. I will say like becoming psychotherapy for me as the owner of a company. I
0: I, (laughs) I do think there is, I I do think this is kind of, this is a corollary in a lot of ways, but, like one of the oldest pieces of advice is in any industry is like don't sell don't attach your wagon like don't sell your name too soon as, or really at all. And I think that's like if you're an influencer or something like that and you start to attach your name to like we've seen it with like now people are suing crypto startup people that did ads cuz they're like, "Well, you said I was going to get rich and I didn't, so I'm suing you." Like um like I think it, it genuinely does pay dividends long term to not go like, Oh, I'm going to attach, you know, Oh, you pay me X and I'll speak at your conference or you do, you know, whatever. If you give me enough money, I'll say anything you want. Just send me the script. I think that those people get burned out of like of advertising or whatever it is. Like eventually it it all goes down the tubes. And I think that's true with companies too. Like if you, you know, I don't know. I could be wrong. I've
2: been on stage. I've been on stage. Like I was invited to present and co-present with somebody um, with, a, with another company. And I'm on stage and I can't remember, but it wasn't RSA because the only people that I presented, co-presented was Paul and uh, Kevin Johnson. Um, but I was on stage and I'm, I'm co-presenting with this person. And like right in the middle of the presentation, he starts talking about how their product is best in breed and, you know, like, you know, how he starts ripping on their competition and I, I, I'm dying inside. Right, like you know, you you just you don't know how horrible that is when you have somebody that literally is just starting to talk about their product, right? And they're talking about, you know, it's becoming a sales pitch, and you're on it. And the and the way that I can kind of articulate this is, uh, who's the guy that did? Was it Michael Bay? Who is the guy that did the Pearl Harbor movie? The director, Michael Bay.
4: Yeah, Michael Bay. It's a
2: video where Michael Bay is at a conference. And he's on stage with a CEO of a, I think a television company. I want to say it's Sam Samsung. And he goes on stage, and he's supposed to talk about how awesome these particular displays are and all this stuff. And he just literally just says it, and just walks off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like he's like, oh, wow. I, I can't do this. And and I felt that way, right? But it goes back to you know, you know. You start to see people that start to sell them, start to sell themselves out, or you start to see people that start selling their employees out, and it gets into like the question in the what is it the sequel to Wall Street like what is your number? Like seriously, how much money is enough money for you to where you can be a decent human being? And it's just so hard because I think for a lot of these people, the number is just more. That's all that matters, and uh, we got to find a way where we can wash these people out and, and try to shut this shit down because this is, this is toxic. Cause like it hurt these like 30, 40,000 people. Um, it's yeah, going exactly. to hurt the companies in the long term because who the hell is going to want to work for like a Google or a Microsoft mm-hmm. or an Amazon whenever you're worried, like, is this just a short-term mm-hmm. gig? Um, that, that, that matters in the long run. It absolutely does.
3: You know, your story reminds me of something and I'm trying to remember the context, but it was at a, a Hollywood party and a um, novelist was talking to to somebody, and basically, the the upshot was that the novelist was was happy not constantly turning out more and more and more and more and more. Because he said, "I have something that the the person throwing this party will never have. I have enough." And that's yeah. that's what I think is is the core. That drives the insanity of this endless pursuit of the profit is that there's no such thing as enough. Yep. And, and yeah, that, so. that is also one of the big well, separations between those of us who aren't executives, who we're looking at a quality of life, we're looking at enjoying having enough, and yep. we're not addicted to more.
5: Yep.
2: And I would, and, oh, go ahead, Ian.
4: I was going to say, I would highly recommend on that thought. I was actually talking to CJ about it uh, the other day. There's a short story by Leo Tolstoy called How Much Land Does a Man Need? And I read it in high school, and it stuck with me forever. And the long, the, the, the TLDR in it is this guy has an opportunity to get all this farmland, but, the, but he has to walk the perimeter of it in a day. And as he's walking, he's like, oh, that'd be a nice spot to grow these things. So I'll walk a little further out and I'll walk a little further out. And he's like, oh, that'd be a nice spot for this. And it's more and more and it's not enough. And then he realizes that the sun is setting. And if he doesn't get back, he, he loses everything. So he starts sprinting and sprinting and he gets to the top of the hill and has a heart attack and dies. And the end of the story is about six feet.
2: That's what you need
5: to be oh my enough in like, that is yeah. just,
2: That is just <laughs> so quintessential Russian.
4: Uh, yeah but but it's a great story because i mean it does speak to that it's if you're constantly looking at all this other stuff and saying i gotta have more i gotta sustain constant growth beyond everything you're gonna start making bad decisions period
5: i mean a
2: great
6: uplifting story of a man dying on a hill
2: (laughs) and it becomes peer pressure in the purest sense right like i've 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 been in the industry and I've been around a lot of companies that have gone IPO. I've been involved with a lot of companies that I've had friends that worked at that have gone and got VC funding. And the thing that sucks is I always go back to the, the TV show, um, Silicon Valley, where the guy raises, I think it's like $20, 25000000 million in VC funding. And he's so excited and there's a party and everyone's like high-fiving him, slapping him on the back. But the growth wasn't what you needed for a company that was that had $25 million. And he was basically ejected from the company. And there's a scene where he's like at a diner and he's lost everything. And one of the people says, you know, you could have taken like $10 million, which would have been enough for you to do what you needed to do. And the expectations on revenue growth would have been less. And you just had to accept less money. And he he looks at his friend and he's like, Wait, I could have accepted less money. That was an option like in his head. It was just this mind blowing thing that he could have taken a step back, got what he needed and been successful rather than trying to pull down as much as he possibly could. And he ultimately failed because of it. Um, So it's kind of the same thing. But yeah, six feet. Boy, that's 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 harsh. All right, everybody. So with that, thank you so much. Like I said, we weren't going to get into any stories. I think that's a big deal. I don't think we made anyone feel better. Uh, I, I, nope, I, think that, I think that we made a lot of people um, I'll just tell you this too shall pass um, you know just keep at it education you know do what you can take some time because if you go to interviews and you're tweaky people pick up on that relax find your balance come back out into it and uh, my heart's with all of you so, so hang in there folks alright let's shut it down thanks again bye Bye-bye.